Welcome to the Lead Team Podcast. Every week, the Lead Team at Tate Springs will review our Sunday services, everything from the message to worship and whatever else comes to our minds. Let's dive in. All right, well, welcome to another Lead Team Podcast. We are so grateful that you're tuning in with us. Today, we have Curtis, Ron, Jason, and myself, Jared. And so we have the the original for the Four Horsemen of oh. the Apocalypse, I guess. I was, I was going to well, go the OG, which you know. We went somewhere real quick. <laughs> the Four Horsemen of, wasn't there a Four Horsemen of Wrestling? We are the Doom. Ron, you're, you've watched, like, you like the, did you wrestling watch wrestling? Is fake. I don't like that. So I'm you fire, watch, watch Fox. Oh, uh, wrestling is real fake though it's, it's like yeah, it's, it's really it's fake. fake but it's real fake. so they are actually there's some real stuff happening but it's fake storylines it's men's soap opera that's what it is that's actually a fair that's assessment actually really good it's actually really good yeah men's soap opera men's soap opera yeah oh, anyways you what happened to the smash night <laughs> just the rock oh. last night you totally hit that gotha chair. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, we got off the track real quick. So, wait, wait, um, there was a track. Yeah. So we're here today dun, dun, to talk dun, about. Dun, dun. We're recording one day late uh, this week because yes. uh, I had caused confusion and delay yesterday, as Thomas the Tank Engine likes to say, or or uh, not Thomas, Sir Topham Hat. He says that. I'm telling you guys, Thomas Train. He's legit. Um, justice likes him. So, anyways, confusion and delay. One day later, but here we are. We're talking about Sunday Sounds and like all sermon series. Confusion and delay. We're just life. That's just regular true. life. Yeah. So we're talking about when in Rome, and this past Sunday we talked about living with a purpose, and we looked at Romans uh, chapter eight, and we finished up that chapter, and we looked at what's called the golden chain of salvation, and it is some of the most theological, rich words you can find in scripture about what God is up to behind the scenes in our salvation. And it is also the source of a lot of theological, uh, you know, conversation, uh, because it uses the word, Paul uses the word predestination. It's there. And, uh, and so we have had in Christian history, we have had camps created over this word and, you know, pushback on this word and all those kinds of things, which I think quite frankly is a tool of the enemy. Uh, to get us distracted from the glory of God in our salvation. And so, you know, we, did, we didn't wade into those waters on Sunday. We don't intend to wade into those waters today. We just intend to uh, to just affirm what God has said and uh, leave it at that and move on. So with all that being said, here we are. We want to talk about Sunday and Sunday service and this uh, this text. And so what, is, what did the Lord uh, speak to your hearts about from Romans chapter 8? So right before the service, actually, um, usually I'm, I'm running around and doing a bunch of different things, but I had a little bit of time, uh, rare enough. And so I sat down on my computer and um, I showed Curtis it right before uh, I went downstairs to go on stage, but I actually created a graphic for this one because I was, I was looking at your sermon in a sentence. I just kept thinking about how, and I know for all of this, this is true. And especially you experienced this in the past year, just uncertainty, like where is life going to take me? There's tons of curves and twists and just recognizing through all of that, through all of the uncertainty in life that we have, we, we know what our part in God's story is. It's to be loved and purposed by him. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, it was just, and there's kind of been a constant theme in the past few weeks, like living in hope, living in prayer, living in purpose, like anchoring us honestly in the sovereignty of God, um, the triune God, like anchoring us ourselves in the Trinity, which I think is, 
at, at the heart of the gospel, the main point, mm-hmm. like he is above all. Yeah. So it was just another kind of block in the chain. It was. And, and so that's a great insight, Jason, because what Paul is, what has been doing in, in Romans eight is talking about suffering and talking about, um, the fact that we suffer as Christians and so uh, our weaknesses. And then he, he takes it into, he, he's responding to what, to the question of why Christians suffer. And he does something that a lot of times we don't do apologetically when we are talking to Christians who are suffering. And he actually anchors it in God's providence of salvation. Mm-hmm. And that is a really interesting way to talk about the problem of suffering. Um, and so a lot of times we don't want to think about it. We, we want to take this question out of the context of God's sovereignty, and we want to respond to it in all of these different ways. And so the problem of suffering, there's a whole lot of philosophical, even theological response to it, but Paul doesn't really go that direction. He says, we're going to talk about suffering in the context of God's salvation. And by the way, God's salvation, it's something that existed and started and was initiated before Genesis 1-1 in the beginning. And, uh, and so that is his answer. And then that itself opens up a whole bunch of questions, which he does for this Sunday, Romans 9, 10, and 11, you know, because we start now we're distracted from suffering. Now we're wondering, wait, God's that sovereign? <laughs> so now our focus isn't on suffering. Our God, yeah. our focus is on God's sovereignty. I'm getting into this Sunday, but yeah, but nevertheless, don't spoil yeah. everything for us. You know? <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. I mean, we'll put a we'll put an SW. <laughs> we'll just call this one spoiler alert. Yeah. No, I thought that I thought that one of the I do the, like your titles each. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I just named this one evidently. So um, now the I thought the concept of the comparison of suffering. Uh, to um, the glory of God, you know, that, that we see in that chapter is how anything we face here is just so eclipsed by God and all he's done in his sovereignty and his glory. I think that that's just a perspective that we don't usually talk about uh, or share, you know, the, the concept of, you know, what we face here on this earth and the brokenness we see um we don't under we don't even understand the magnitude. That was one of the things you talked about this week. Is just this, pop, this concept pop. of not <laughs> what pop pop with magnitude pop pop. <laughs> I said it. I said the word. Maybe maybe zero of our listeners will get that right. Yes, probably. I sure didn't. Somebody else it's from me a in. show called Community, okay. which now, we're not endorsing. It's now just, now we have it exists in culture. We have. Uh, <laughs> It's not gonna be called spoiler alert anymore. Now it's gonna be called oh, pop, 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 pop. <laughs> magnitude, pop, pop. Anyway, um, but like, just the the. I, now I'm trying to remember what I was even trying to say. I got distracted by magnitude. Nothing. Just uh, know if you're gonna get serious, it's gonna get hijacked by something silly. By Jason, quick. just by Jason. <laughs> it was actually pretty good though. I'm like um, the justice of the podcast. You're just running and running, doing your thing. Yeah. Handing goldfish across the aisle. <laughs> but I, I do think just that perspective of like getting, you know, what God has done and just the overall overwhelming nature of it. I don't want to say magnitude again. Um, you said it though. Pop, pop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that that really is, is just an important aspect. Like the it's perspective based. And I think that it, as Christians, the number one thing that derails us is perspective. When we start looking at ourselves and we start looking at things from a worldly perspective, 
then we lose sight of everything God's wanting to do. I mean, the best way to get depressed is to just start looking inward mm-hmm. and looking at yourself. And we'll all get depressed because we're all broken people. But when we actually do what God calls us to look outward and we look at who he is and we look at the value he's placed in all the people around us, uh, I think that it changes everything that we do. The purpose of everything we do is all based on perspective. And uh, it's hard sometimes when things are bad. You know, we look at ourselves and we have our woe is me moments and that's it's going to happen. But we have to be willing to be able to, to look up and say, you know, but God, God's got this. God's got me. He's got this whole situation and I can trust him even when this doesn't make sense. We've been writing the D now material. It's in, it's, it's talking about discovering your part in God's story. And we're reviewing that through the lens of Joseph's life and how he discovered his part in God's story. And, it, and the first thing, another spoiler alert, the first thing that we look at is Joseph to had to figure back. out the story wasn't about him, you know? It wasn't his story. And at the end, that's what you see. Joseph ultimately sees that this is God's story and he's a part of it. And that perspective is what changed Joseph's life. A title idea, it's not about you. Pop, pop. No, so I, I really appreciated both of your illustrations. You did that. And by the way, you've been doing some outstanding illustrations. I mean, it really, really makes that point come out. Um or you, you don't think I, I give compliments? I, I mean, not often, honestly. I'm <laughs> oh like, okay, God. high praise from Ron. Um, I speak both sides. <laughs> it's it's true. Uh, anyway, the zoom, the the zoom in of painting, I think, was helpful to kind of go along with yeah. what you're saying is we tend to look at the dot yeah. and go, I don't understand. Um, but when you look back and go, oh, that's mm-hmm. beautiful. So, I mean, understanding that God's plan is beautiful, is per- perfect, um, it might not be perfect for us at that moment, but hold on. Yeah. If we, we do really love him and trust him, they, they will be able to ride out that storm and, and see at the end. It's beautiful. Um, and then the back of the tapestry, you know, you never know what's going on behind the scene. Mm-hmm. It's true at the church, too. We just never yeah. know what's going on behind the scene. And listen, I'm preaching to myself right yeah, now. Like, when, like when, I, when I was thinking through this text, I mean, it ministered to me when I thought of, you know, the, the idea of, and I was reviewing it even this week for, we always try to take clips of things. And I was thinking about it this week of, uh, you know, we, we live on this side of heaven, so we don't see from God's perspective. We have to see from God's perspective in faith because we don't get to see the world the way he sees it. We are incapable of it. So uh, oftentimes what we see is kind of the backside of it. We do see the, the cross stitching. And, um, and so, yeah, I appreciate that, Ron. I mean, it's, um, I think, uh, I think that the the idea here, like we said, was when we don't see it, the question before us is how are we going to believe it? And um, mm-hmm. and this is the message in the New Testament. Jesus tells even Thomas, he says, you've seen and now you're believing. But really what he wants to, us to do is how blessed are those who uh, believe Can and therefore see. Yeah. Um, another thing is verse 30, you, you, would, you had covered that in a very quick one or two sentence thing that I think I had never ever heard put in that way, but it made a whole lot of sense. And where some people get off the tracks and get so stuck on some each individual word, mm. I think you flowed that together good. Could you mind repeating kind of how you stated that? I don't remember. I couldn't it. get it in my notes. I was trying to. And I'm trying to remember what I said. What <laughs> I me, said. Let me go to YouTube transcript. <laughs> Yeah, verse verse thirty. This is at the end when he's saying, "You know, shall anything separate us from the love of Christ?" 
being predestined and called and just oh you're talking about early on in it okay oh yeah because yeah because it goes to the it goes into the 30s yeah so um so there the golden chain it's not just that the words exist in and of themselves it's that they are linked together and uh, and so the point there was he was he was putting suffering into the context of salvation, which I think is a key way for us to have to use Curtis's word earlier perspective. So I, I over the last few years just studying apologetics, I've become convinced that so often um, as thinkers, we tend to divorce things out of the context, dissect them out of the context of God of of God's creation so we'll take we'll take things and we'll try to act like we can understand it neutrally and we do this in evangelism we do this in theological theologically we do it a bunch of things but we can't even it's impossible to to exist outside of the context of god's creation that's just the truth if god is who he says he is and he created creation so and all that's true so when we think about suffering we suffer within the context of god's creation so what paul wants us to understand is that because that's true um, and he's talking to believers, it means that he saved us. So all the suffering that comes our way um, it is not something that we ought to think about dissected from the fact that God has already solved all of the problems of suffering, even if we suffer in the present. So he takes us all the way back to before time began uh, with the idea of being foreknown, which is a relational word. It's not observational knowledge or intellectual knowledge. It is relational knowledge. He actually, it's quite profound, he actually knew Curtis relationally, in, in, in other words. Yeah. Not just, you know, in, in in the concept, but there was this kind of relational knowledge God had of Curtis before time began. And then he, then he links that um, to uh, to all these other words. So the next word is predestination, uh, which means that he not only has a, a relational knowledge of Curtis, but he also has this plan for Curtis. Here at A Springs, we say a story. He has a story. He wants Curtis to be a part of it. And then uh, you have the calling. This is the idea that because he's foreknown Curtis before, he, because he's predestined Curtis, now he's going to call Curtis. And Curtis sees the phone, and I'll use the word, that Curtis cannot resist answering the phone because he was foreknown relationally by God and predestined. So Curtis answers the phone. He still makes the meaningful choice of answering the phone, but it, he can't really resist it because it's linked to God's foreknowledge and to God's predestination. And the moment he answers, he's justified. And then that justification ends up in glorification. And the coolest thing of all that to me is that Paul uses the past tense of all those words, which makes sense for everything else for a believer except glorified, because we have not yet been glorified. But the point he's given is just as sure as your salvation was because you're foreknown, your glorification is because you've already been justified. And uh, and so I, I had two decisions in my sermon prep. One was, let's go all in on this. Let's go deep theologically. And, and then I thought, you know what? This is a sermon, not an academic lecture. So I'm going to touch on all of them and just get the general idea of the chain that it exists, that God is sovereign, and that we're we're in in that context. And that was kind of how it went. Because yeah, if you try to divorce things, it'd be like taking Carl Anthony Towns' sixty point game that everybody talked about that was so good, and comparing it to Luka Doncic's seventy three point game when Carl Anthony Towns' team lost, Jared and Luka's won because he played. <laughs> 
so well to close out the game while Carl Anthony Towns was sitting on the bench. So you've got to have perspective to understand the importance of these things. Does that sound accurate, Jared? I mean, it does to me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it does to it the listeners. It was really enough to Curtis. So. <laughs> I, I don't know. Luca's seventy-three point game had to come to the conversation, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's in the transcript too. Of this, like, this is where you talk about his game. I just wanted to make sure that it was in the record. <laughs> let the record show. Let the record show. I can't let a Sunday after that historic fourth most points in his. We need to add him to the bingo card. <clears throat> yeah, I thought he was already elder. No, he's in the free space. But I think I think the point is the point Paul's making that I would say if there's one thing for us to walk away with is, um, and, and uh, actually Russell Moore says this in his new book, "Losing Our Religion," and I love it. I I remember uh, and save that that paragraph. But we often talk about um, a biblical lens or uh, like, and I even use this idea glasses, a biblical worldview, and I think that's good. And I even referenced it spiritual binoculars on Sunday, but. It's also more than that. A biblical worldview, if if not careful, can come across as a legalistic, pharisaic perspective of the world because it's like, well, let me look at, at marriage. And my biblical worldview says that marriage is between one man and one woman. That is correct. But if that's the end of it and you're just putting on these glasses, the, the intimation is, well, I can take the glasses off and on. And that's that's kind of the problem is that you really can't. So even if, even if I feel like I'm trying to take my glasses off, the reality is it's impossible to do that because even if I'm thinking about something incorrectly, I'm still doing it within the context of God's creation. So our job is not to just try to get the right lenses on um, as if we can take them on and off. It's to live in God's story. There's a difference, between, in other words, between a biblical worldview and a biblical narrative. Yeah. Those are two similar but different things. And I'm in recent years have been thinking more about the idea of narrative versus merely uh, just kind of merely uh, worldview. You know, that ties in really well to what we see at the, um, where we see people coming to, you know, to the throne room, you know, to that moment. And they're like, the Lord, you know, I did all these things. He's like, Far from you, I never knew. Yeah. Yeah. So it, that belief versus that light, mm-hmm. and that is, I mean, that's the end of Matthew seven, where where Jesus is, he's preaching a sermon on the mount, and he, it's almost like he's saying, if you want to be judged by your works, then I will judge you by your works. But this is a picture of what it will look like. Mm-hmm. You will come to me with, and these are amazing things these people are doing. That's greater works than I've ever done. I mean, they're like healing people, and mm-hmm. I mean, they're doing it in Jesus's name and uh, casting out demons, and yet these remarkable works are not enough. And um, and it's because they have done things in a biblical worldview, but they have missed the story. And, uh, and they've not played their part in God's story because they've tried to make God part of their own. And there's a big difference between them. That's a really great, it's a really great point. I didn't think of that connection. I'll have to remember that. So, well, anything else before we let our listeners go today, guys? I think we're good. Everybody seems. I, I never like see Ron smile. So pretty much. He is smiling so big right now. It was because of the because he's wearing his. Uh, it's wearing his. It is the Luke Dawson shirt. Yeah. yeah, this is another one of those times. He's, he's got gets, vacation coming up. That's why. Right. Yeah. He gets the heat wave that, of the day. I felt like I was in the tropics. Um, yeah. There we go. That's more, right. It is warm out there. That's for sure. I was not yeah. expecting. For that. those who obviously can't see, Ron is wearing a red, flowery, tropical shirt, and then it happens to have St. Louis Cardinals on it. 
Which you lost this year. <laughs> you yeah. lost. They didn't win. Who was it that won the World Series? We're having a building year. Who won the World Wait, Series? Who was, oh, it was that team that never won before. The, oh, the Rangers. Texas Rangers. That's right. Yeah, they won. Like the best they, team in baseball. Yes. Which is funny why the million years that they haven't won anything. A million years? That they can trash talk. He's an older. He's an older. Yeah, who knew? <laughs> they can trash evolution, talk Ron? people <laughs> during the one year that they are. Ron believes in evolution. Who did the Cardinals beat in 11? Ron, you know what? Ron, I'm more, more about your theological work right, 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 than right. I am about 2011. Come on, man. Because now we're millions, millions of years old in baseball. All right. Well, see what I go through, guys. <laughs> There's no pity for you. The martyr. Well, thank you guys for tuning in today. We are so grateful that you take some time on your drive to tune in and listen to us. If you ever have any questions, make sure to email us, and uh, we'd love to talk about your questions about the sermon here on the podcast. Other than that, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. At Tate Springs, we want to help you discover your part in God's story. Connect with us at tatesprings.com. We'll see you next time.